Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And we are doing another episode of Hanging with Entrepreneurs. We have Janice on our couch today. She is a registered massage therapist and she runs a beast of a clinic. And I met Janice when I quit my job as an instructor at a college and I was like, man, I I better go find some work because I have no income now. And I went for an interview and in that interview, I was like, this place is really awesome. This is a really cool clinic. I dig what's going on here. Um, Might not be my cup of tea, but then I'm like, hey, there's someone that I definitely want you to meet because I think uh, you guys would be an awesome match. And so I introduced uh, my wife. Well, I didn't really do that introduction. I said, hey, went home that night. I'm like, you want to go work at this place? And uh, and I don't know. Enter Amanda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everyone. It's Amanda, registered massage therapist in Toronto. And yeah, as Mark said, we have Janice here, whom I met at the end of 2015. Um, because Mark came home super excited. There's this really cool clinic right by our house. I don't fit in there, but you do. So uh, Janice was nice enough to meet with me as well. And I ended up working there all the way until I gave birth to my second child in the middle of 2017 and only didn't go back because we are so busy with the podcast and with Con Ed courses that I just couldn't fit it into my schedule. But, you know, I told Janice this, and I don't know if she takes it as genuinely true, but it is. It was the best place I ever worked at. She basically gave me a room, showed me around the clinic and said, go do your thing. And it was awesome. So thank you for coming in and sitting on the couch today. Oh, thank you. Happy to be invited. And thank you for your comments. Part of the reason why I became a massage therapist was to run my own business and do my own thing. So that's why when people work at the clinic, I assume that's their purpose as well and try to keep it as open as possible for them to be running their own business within the umbrella of the clinic. And that clinic's been around for now how many years? 23 years. It's one of the only places that I've ever seen in my almost 15 years of being a massage therapist that is run truly as like an independent contractor kind of place. Everywhere else that I've ever worked at or or I've seen or heard of because there's tons of therapists that come through our doors. It's the clinic owner that says, these are the hours that we want you here. This is what the pay structure is. You don't have much freedom in what you're going to do when you come, when you leave, blah, 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 blah. And uh, at least with the time that I met with you, that's what I walked away with. I'm like, this is, this is, this is a different (laughs) type of, this is a different type of place here. Yeah. And it really was. As I said, when I went in, Janice and I met, it was an instant match, I think, in terms of our personality. And then we did uh, the active interview. I gave Janice a treatment because she wants to know at least all the therapists that are working for her, their style. And what I liked about it was you weren't looking for someone who treated the way that you like to be treated. You just wanted to be able to know if you're referring people to me, what type of treatments I offer, what type of therapist I am. And There were, I think, seven of us there at the time that I worked, and all of us were so drastically different in our specialties and what type of treatments we did. And I really liked that because we weren't really in competition with each other, or I didn't feel that way at least. Well, it never should be a competition. It should always be um, colleagues that work together to help people out because no one person has the answers to Mm -hmm. everybody's problems, and everybody likes different stuff, you know, and, and I get all sorts of different types of treatments from people, and 
and we're having different therapists makes it great for clients because sometimes I'll have a client who comes in and th- I'm just not their style, but I have somebody else in the clinic who would be. And being able to match people up, that's that's kind of been my goal. Shall we start at the beginning? Yeah, let's we go do. right to the beginning. So the beginning being, uh, was massage... When I was born. <laughs> when you were born. <laughs> um, was massage therapy your first career or was this a shift? Uh, it was not my first career. No. Um, I'm a computer programmer, um, accounting and finance, chief financial officer of three public mining companies. That was really my... I was in school to become a computer programmer, took a temp job in the mining companies, turned into doing accounting and finance. Loved working there um, because the fellow who owned the business uh, gave me all the freedom in the world to run the office. Mm. He didn't want anything to do with the office. He wanted to do his job and he wanted that done. So that was great. Um, However, the market crashed in 87, I believe it was, and those companies ended up folding. Uh, Took a job as a controller at another company and I hated it. What'd you hate about it? I didn't like the people, mm-hmm. particularly the man who owned the place. You're unemployable, aren't you? I feel most entrepreneurs that we have in here, you're n- you're not employable. Mark's unemployable. No. You you don't like to work for people. Well, the problem with him is that he he was disreputable, and mm-hmm. I can't work for somebody who isn't of their word. So he was not only not of his word, he was also not of his written contract. Um, However, it was the best experience of my entire life because he was so horrible to work for, I swore I would never work for anybody else again. And that's when I went back to school and became a massage therapist. So I really do owe him a big thank you for being who he was. (laughs) Thanks for being a jerk. (laughs) Well, that's so often that the the most negative things in your life often have the most positive results. Depending on how you view it, that is the way people should look at negative events as teachable moments or, yeah. you know, what, what is, getting? what is, yeah, what's coming <laughs> out of this? Um, where did you, oh, actually, before I ask you where you went to massage school, why massage? Doing finance before that, doing computer programming before that, why massage? That's a pretty big jump. I don't know what made me think of it other than the fact that I was getting massage therapy at the time and something made me think that. But I did go and take a career counseling course through the YMCA. I don't believe they still have it. Um, But I thought, you know, I'm not too old to go back to school, but I'm too old to make a mistake because I've already done these other careers. And um, I was trying to take my CGA online and, oh, it was killing me. You know, it was a course correspondence and I had to have it in by midnight every Sunday at like 5 to 12 every Sunday I was driving to the mailbox to try or to the post office to get it stamped on time I thought okay this is not what I want to do mm-hmm. um, so um, in the career counseling course they did all sorts of things they did aptitude tests you know personality tests blah 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 tests and at the end of all of it, it came out that massage therapy was like my number one career that would match the most things on my Christmas wish list. What year was this? Uh, well, I graduated in 93. So I went to school. That would have been 89, 90. Wow. I find that a little fascinating that that massage therapy would have been on a list of careers at that time that you would have been so matched for because massage therapy wasn't such a massive thing. At least it wasn't the beast that it is now. Right. Yeah. Right. So the so the one thing that they came up with, you know, if somebody always asks you the question, what's the most important thing to you in a career? And my answer 
was that I need a constant challenge. Mm -hmm. And because I thought that was the right answer. And this woman who I'd never met before, who'd done all of my tests and had all of my results in front of me said, no, that's not it. She says, you don't like rules. Mm. And I was like, hmm. And she says, you won't be happy anywhere unless you agree with the rules. Or you make the rules. Did you know you didn't like rules? Was like, oh, was as that... soon as she said that, I knew it was totally true. But you weren't conscious of that before? Oh, no. No, I would never have chosen that to be the number one thing for me. Mm -hmm. Rules that make sense. So I always use this as, a, as, a, as an analogy of a stop sign. That makes sense to me. No U-turns. Well, that's just for people who don't know how to make a U-turn safely. So yeah. that doesn't apply to me. I, I... <laughs> I'm that makes you. so much sense. I, the sign analogy. Yeah. I think we we had someone on the podcast because most of the entrepreneurs that we have on, they're they're not big on rules either. And I think it was Scott Linquist I was talking to, yeah, this business coach from the states, and uh, I was telling him, yeah, I'm not a rule guy either. To me, rules are meant for stupid people who need guidance or who don't understand or who can't make decisions for themselves. Right. That sounded so horrible. But <laughs> But you are true. in the business of offending people. It's okay. Well, <laughs> well, yeah, that's why I use the stop sign thing. Although I did say people who don't know how to make you turn safely, mm -hmm. which would, yeah, short of calling them Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll take that part out. So, well, so she told you you were a rule breaker. Yeah, it wasn't that I necessarily rule breaker. She just said, if the rules don't make sense to you, you can't mm -hmm. follow them. So basically, I, I mean, I tell people to do this all the time. Take that Myers-Briggs personality test. Check and see what your personality type is because it still is the basic personality. So for me, my two previous careers were the exact opposite of my personality. My personality is working with people. So when I worked at the mining company and I liked the people I worked with and they gave me freedom, I was actually doing that job for the owner of that or the president of that business. So I was helping him. That was what I did for a living was help him. Mm -hmm. He needed this work done. I did it for him. When I worked for another company and I had no respect for the owner of the company, I had no interest in the job. So I didn't want to do it. And I cried at work on my way to work on my way home from work. It was just, you know. Yeah. I had the same same idea when, when I was in, an instructor at a college. It was great. The guy who ran the joint, he, he owns the place. When I first started there, uh, he gave me full reign. It was awesome. Like there was no massage therapy program at the time. They just had it approved from the ministry and everything else. And I was their first instructor. And he literally walked me into this empty room with some with with like a whiteboard on the wall big empty room and he's like go it's yours what do you need tell me what you need let's go shopping like mm -hmm. and he gave me full reign and it's not until i went to another campus and they changed the i can't remember what the title of the person was but my superior and i did not get along with that person at all and i was not granted the same freedom that the owner of the place gave me and that's when i was like i can't i can't do this and mm -hmm. especially i had gone i don't know maybe five years with like complete freedom mm -hmm. to like you can't do this. You can't do that. Why are you doing this? Report to me on this report. I'm like, what? Huh? Huh? What? Huh? And I was very yeah. unhappy. And I'm like, I gotta get the fuck it's out of here. Yeah, arbitrary rules um, make no sense. You know, if something's not broken, if a person's doing a job and getting it done successfully, why do you care what they're wearing? Why do you care if they have a piercing or a visible tattoo? Why? Like, why do those things matter if the job is getting done and it's getting done well? So I understand the dislike for arbitrary rules. I'm more of a rule follower. So, well, and then. 
and and but that's good because you need a combination of that. If everybody was, you know, throwing rules out the window, there would be a certain amount of chaos. Yeah, it's controlled chaos. Yeah, yeah. you're controlling the chaos. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think that should be my official title with the two little kids at home, chaos controller. I like it. So after you've done the test, now you've been told, you know, this is your personality. This might be good for you. Were you instantly excited about the idea of being a massage therapist? I had already chosen it. They confirmed Mm -hmm. that I had made a good choice. Okay. So, yeah, they didn't give it to me as saying, do this. The funny thing is, you know, the other things showed up in my personality. One of them was uh, marketing and advertising. And I remember in high school doing a project on that, and I loved it. And I can still remember the book, and I still remember the author. Everything else, I mean, 90% of the crap I did in high school, I don't remember any of it. Mm -hmm. But it was interesting that the things, hotel, restaurant management, you know, all of those. So it's not like they just said, here, this one job. These were the list of them, but... They said, out of all the things I've chosen, massage therapy would be the best because I would have the most amount of flexibility. And so I was, so when I went to massage school, lots of other people were, you know, kind of wondering about it. I just wanted to get out of school so I could start working because I already knew I was going to love it. It just made it easy in school. Where'd you go to school? Sutherland Chan. Did you enjoy your experience there? I did. I did. I guess because I went there too, I'm always looking when I'm interviewing massage therapists and it says Sutherland Chan on their resume, I go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. It makes sense, yeah. No, I am always interviewing people and I do look at where they went to school. And nowadays there's so many schools and I don't even recognize 90% of them. Yeah. And in all honesty, if I can't, re- if I don't recognize the school, I don't even bother calling the therapist. Yeah. I've had so many people come for interviews that really, are not they're not there yeah no i agree yeah it's it's unfortunate and i'm we're hoping we did an episode on this we're hoping with like the new accreditation process and stuff that some of the less ethical schools the ones that maybe aren't getting the students where they need to be are going to be weeded out a little bit more so more quality therapists coming out into the world yep and and i think you know that's not just my opinion it's a lot of my clients too saying the same thing that you know it's hard finding therapeutic massage therapists. So you finish Sutherland Chan, and uh, where does the massage therapy career start? Do you jump right into it and say, I'm opening my own place, or are you working somewhere else? What's the deal there? Well, uh, how I ended up in the clinic I'm in, and, you know, nothing to say bad about my sister, but she dislocated my wrist while she was um, a chiropractic student. (laughs) (laughs) It happens. She's now a wonderful chiropractor for anybody listening. It certainly is, certainly is, but again, bad thing happened to me, worked out great because she then introduced me to her um, previous mentor and chiropractor. So I met him, knew him because he's the one who fixed my wrist. Mm -hmm. Uh, While I was in massage school, he had a shoulder surgery. I rehabbed his shoulder surgery while I was a student. And no, I didn't accept any payment for it whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) Just to be clear, he tried to and I kept saying, no, 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 can't, can't pay me. I, you know, that's not allowed. But it was a great learning experience. And so when I graduated, he offered to rent a room in his clinic to me. And that used to be upstairs in the same building I'm in. So I planned on being there for six months. I was there for three years. Um, It was just a really easy place to be. And then when he sold the business, I moved downstairs into my own clinic. If he didn't sell, would you still be there? Tough question. Yeah. Um, mm, I shouldn't. It would be, you know, 
but it was easy, right. which is why I stayed there for three years yeah, when yeah, the yeah. plan was for six months because, you know, there is growing pains. And sometimes when you've got a good deal and it's, you know, a safe space to be in, yeah, it, does, sure. it doesn't force you to grow. But the universe will kick you out of the nest when it's time. Another chiropractor was moving in. It wasn't the same connection. It yeah. was not. Um, so it was like, yeah, I'm not going to be here. Same thing, you know, where with him, he simply rented me a room. He said nothing about how I ran my business. I totally did everything on my own there. The new guy coming in was like, okay, so you're going to be doing, you know, our MBA stuff and doing this and that. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> So there just happened to be a space available in the building you were mm-hmm. already in. Was it previously a massage therapy clinic or was it something no. else? No, oh, okay. I don't know what was in there. There was only one. Um, so the current space that you were in is double the size I used to be. Okay. Um, so the back end where the laundry is, there was only one room there. My brother does carpentry construction, so he built out the space for me. Um, And then I was there for, I think, five years in the half size. And then Dr. Jethalal was in the space that I'm in. He moved. And when he moved out, I took over his space and then doubled the size of the clinic. Because you've got how many rooms there? Seven. Seven rooms. Okay. So they were all full when I was there. There There were seven of us. Yeah. Well, there's 11... Now, we have a, um, an acupuncturist, um, a traditional Chinese medicine acupuncturist, and um, also an osteopath, but everybody else is a massage therapist. But a lot of them have their own advanced trainings on top of that. So, you know, water train manual lymph drainage, um, cranial sacral, you know, um, I do structural integration. There's two of us who went and did the KMI with that, also visceral stuff. Yeah, like I said, that was what I really liked about being there. There was somebody that could be matched with anybody, so or everybody, sorry. So it was nice that if somebody called and they sort of explained what they needed, it was easy to say like, okay, you should see this therapist or you should see this therapist. And it worked out really well. Um, I remember a conversation that you and I had. Just as you were talking, it reminded me when you said, you know, tough question about would you still be with that other chiropractor because it was easy. When I was working at your clinic, it was so easy because this clinic has existed for, as you said, over 20 years. So you guys already had a reputation. I was under your umbrella, although I was kind of, you know, managing my stuff as I wanted to. I worked whatever hours suited me. I booked my own clients other than if somebody called in and, you know, I had an opening. I did my billing. Like it was, it was easy though. And after I decided to go back to treating, after my maternity leave, believe me, I went back and forth. Mark will tell you, like for months, should I just call Janice and go back? Should I just call Janice and go back? Because it was so, it was so easy and it was nice to be there. And I liked all the therapists I worked with. Like I was perfectly content there. But that would mean that Con Ed and, you know, all of this would have to take a back burner. And yeah, I had to really push myself to make the jump to I'm going to now have to work way harder for the same income. But it needed to be done. I'm very happy with both choices. I would have been really happy if you came back. Um, but <laughs> I also know, you know. We need space to grow and create oh, I got, new stuff in our life. I got sidetracked. What was the conversation you and I had? You said to me exactly what you said at the beginning of this: is that you assume all massage therapists want to be self-employed, and that's why you gave us the freedom we did. And I said, "Yeah, you're right." I'm like, but I'm not in the headspace right now to work for myself like completely. This works right. so well for me. And you said, "I'm not in the headspace to work for myself either." <laughs> 
yes. but you're doing it. I don't it. remember seeing that, but I would imagine I, yes, I did say that because, you know, some days I'm like, really? Really? I'm doing this? Why? But 90% of the time, it's all good. It's a lot of work, but, you know, Mark and I always remind ourselves it's so much work, but what was the joke we made yesterday? We're like, this is how much we don't want to work for other people. We're willing to work 28 hours a day. <laughs> okay. So I, yes, that's it. Exactly. You know, because I think, I think a lot of people don't realize how much work it is running mm-hmm. your own business. They just think, you know, oh, you just sit back and do stuff. It's like, okay, so my day off is going out and picking up this and running around and doing that and, you know, to figure out marketing stuff and things. It, it, you know, sometimes I think, really? I think I'd rather work for me, <laughs> you know, than be me. And then it carries on. Yeah, we have those days too. So you are in your new space. How was it starting up this new space? Like, did you have... Did you have the money to throw into that? Did you end up having to get a business loan? Did you have investors? How did that work for you? There's a difference between when I started up and how things are now. Mm -hmm. So one of the reasons of... I started where I started because my sister was around the corner at that time. She was, was, you know, out of school, no longer dislocating wrists. (laughs) Um, Um, and had a very good practice. And I also knew the other chiropractor that I had started with. So I had two chiropractors referring to me. Um, and I had already had that before I ever left school. Mm-hmm. So it was very easy to, for me to start up. I also started in Scarborough. Mm-hmm. There was nobody around. I don't know why people think Scarbos is vast wasteland, and it is not. There's so many people and so much opportunity. Sure. Um, but I literally could sit there, and people just fell in the door. Nice. You know, it wasn't. You know, I didn't have to do a big marketing. I didn't have to do all this establishment. Um, now there's so many more opportunities and so many more places that you know you do have to do more work and you do have to educate people about your existence. For sure, this neighborhood's very saturated now. Yeah. There's yeah, a lot total, of therapists. Totally changed. Yeah. Totally changed. So when I first started, there was another massage therapist in the neighborhood who was excellent. And she had a car accident, became one of my patients. And then I said, hey, how would you like to come and work with me? So she'd been, that was uh, Charlene. Right. Um, and you and guys became partners, sort of? No, or was it still your practice? It was always my practice. Okay. Um, she was one of my, you know, an associate, uh, mm-hmm. I guess is best to, to call. But no, it was always always mine, but she was the first one who started with me. How long into you running the practice by yourself did that happen? As soon as I left the other chiropractor's okay. practice. But she, yeah, she was coming to me as a, as a right. um, patient, client, whatever you want to call them, when I was uh, still upstairs. So then I made that suggestion to her she used to work in a, with both a doctor and a chiropractor. And oddly enough, she moved into the building with me. And then they left their space and moved into the same building. And they were down the hall. Mm. So they continued to refer to her in the building. And so that was it. I mean, you know, I started off in a smaller space. And then I just kept, you know, kind of growing and growing and doubling the space. And all was good for a time. <laughs> Okay, so let's pull this back for a second. When you first started out, were you always thinking like, I want to have a big clinic with multiple, multiple, multiple therapists? Or at that time, were you just like, you know what, I can have the solo practice and then I can have someone else in here as well and make some money with them? And I'm good with that. Or was it always like a larger, bigger picture that says, you know what, I want to have something much bigger than what I have right now? No, I don't think there was ever a big plan. 
I'm really not a big planner. Okay. I'm kind of a, you know, see how it goes sort of thing. And and having the, because originally there was three treatment rooms, laundry area, and a small room that we used as our office. And that, were, that worked fine, you know, and then we just, as we kind of kept growing, then the opportunity came about when the, ne- you know, the next office opened up and it was like, okay, I'll take that. But when that office opened up, I was only using one treatment room in there, mm-hmm. but then you know, the other room started and then added in two more into that space as well. Yeah. So it, it was just sort of a, you know, slow progression. You know, I have had other people say, you know, why don't you open a, sep- a second clinic? And I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> because I'm a massage therapist. I used to be an administrator. Mm-hmm. I left that career to become a massage therapist. If I open up another clinic, I'm going to go back into being an administrator. Right. And that was the career I left. So where I am, you know, I still do I still do a lot of hours. I used to treat crazy hours. I used to treat about 40 hours of treatment a week. I'm in my semi-retirement now doing 20 to 25, which some people consider a full practice. Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah some people still consider that full time. And that, yeah, and that to me is a part time. So, you know, there, there was no big plan. Yeah, I always took you as the type that was, um, you know, f- follow your listen to your gut, follow your instincts. Like you look for the opportunities, but not necessarily like, you know, this is what's happening. You kind of just were right. letting things happen. Even with the people that came in and out of the clinic, there was a time where you had this great team. And then once it wasn't working, okay, time to make some changes. You rebuild a new team. And in the short time I've known you, the clinic has changed over a few times to, you know, changing front desk staff, uh, redoing the website, doing different marketing strategies. Like you're always kind of, which is what you're supposed to be doing, right? You have to, when something doesn't work, change it. What makes a good team and what makes a what makes a horrible team? Oh, well. For you. It's different okay, for everybody. Well, actually, no, I think, I think it, I think it kind of. I think it's universal right across the I board? I think it's universal because um, what makes a good team is having therapists who are um, strong, I guess, strong enough in their own ego not to be threatened by others. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, that way they work well together and can acknowledge that everybody has their own, what's the word I'm looking for? Everybody has their own gifts. So being able to share with others is really what, you know, being positive and sharing with others is mm-hmm. is the good team. If you, you know, need to keep everything to yourself and you're fearful in your life, you don't make a good team player. Do you find it difficult to find good team players? And do you feel that you can get that sense of that from them in the interview? Or do you find sometimes, hey, I've hired somebody and I'm like, shit, did I make a fucking mistake here? <laughs> right? Well, I, I, I have, you know, got what's the school of hard knocks. I didn't know in the past. I know now. So now when I'm interviewing somebody, I know what I'm looking for. Whereas before, I simply was looking for the good hands person. Gotcha. Now I'm looking for the good hands person who is also going to play nice with others. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I do say that in an interview of, you know, you were the last one in the door. You'll be the first one out the door if you don't play nice. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> in an interview, I now know to ask those questions. Whereas I didn't know to ask those questions initially, um, have, having learned the difference. I know how to how to ask that, I guess. Being that you give so much freedom to your therapists, are you also looking for somebody who does have a really strong business sense, who is driven to kind of like keep themselves and their own practice busy? 
or do you not worry so much because I know from working there, you've got enough new patients walking through those doors every month? Well, I try to do a little bit more coaching now. So I had I had a lot of therapists who were very seasoned therapists for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, Charlene was there with me for 18 years. Right. Um, you know, other therapists were there for 15 years. I have currently one who's been there for 16 years. You know, they, they're solid. Um, but now I have some new therapists that are just out of school. It's it's a totally different dynamic, uh, but it's been great because I've chosen or found uh, people who were really keen on continuing their education and learning new things, mm-hmm. and that's been great too. And so now I kind of work with them, be their client and tell them how to read all the charts on my walls of all the courses that I've taken and speed them up in how they, the things that they learn. Because there's so many things that, you know, I've learned in the last 20 years. I'm going, oh my God, if I knew that on the first day of being a massage therapist, I could have been so much better. Like what? Like what? Give me an example. Um, Well, one of the things is that all all negative emotion is felt in flexion. All positive emotion is felt in extension. You don't need to spend that much time working on people's extensors. You need to spend more time working on their flexors. Mm. And if you do nothing other than work on their flexor muscles, you're going to help that person. That's one of them because we curl in, but we spend so much time working on people's backs and not enough time working on the front and opening them up. That is very true. A lot of therapists don't spend any time on the anterior portion of someone's body at all. can't tell you the number of my clients who say, no one's ever worked across my clavicles. No one's ever worked my psoas. Nobody's ever worked on my abdomen. Nobody's ever worked my diaphragm. And yet, so much of what's causing the problem in the back is the shortening in the front. That's, that was one. I got lots. (laughs) (laughs) So, but that's because, you know, the number of courses that I've taken and, and I love taking new courses. In fact, I took another one last weekend and there was a fellow there, uh, Ken Kanakin, um, and I'll give a big plug for him because he does the Swiss Symposium. And I took the first one, one of the first ones with him back in late nineties, I think is when he started. And then you brought me. And, and I, <laughs> yes, of course you, uh, you met, I don't know if I, I did meet Ken. Meet yeah. Ken. You introduced So us. he was actually taking the course that I was taking this weekend. So sometimes he stops in and talks to people. He was actually taking the course. And I and I and I spoke with him at the end of it uh, because like 20 years ago, he did a keynote speech and it really stuck with me. And I had told him about that just to thank him for his comments and that. Because in his keynote speech, he said, you know, if the only tool you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. I thought that is so true. If the only thing you know how to do is this, then that's what you're going to always do. So I've taken courses in nutrition. I've taken courses in neurology. I've taken courses with the chiropractors. of And the more I learn about all of those things, sometimes it doesn't seem like it's part of what I do, but it is, you know, I have a client on the table and I can feel that they are not nutritionally solid. I'm a bandaid on a bleeding artery. They need to go and see a naturopath. They need to get the building blocks to be able to heal themselves. As I segue off into that. (laughs) Is this how you decided to bring in other modalities other than massage therapy into your space? Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. I did the introductory course for cranial sacral and it's not me at all. It's not my thing. Mm -hmm. However, I totally believe in the the therapy and and people who can benefit from it. Um, So when Deborah took the cranial sacral, it's like, great. Um, Osteopathy, another thing that, you know, there's only so much time for you to do courses. I 
can't do everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, that didn't come out right, but I mean, I, I don't have time to do everything regardless of whether or not I want to. Mm-hmm. So I may not be... I can tell that somebody needs something. I want to refer them to the person who is best at that job. So having, you know, the acupuncturist in, I used to go to an acupuncturist myself. He was at Young and Eglinton. I can't refer clients down to, well, a few people went to Young and Eglinton, but, you know, I wanted somebody in the clinic who could offer those services. So the more more services within my own space, the more we refer between each other. We would even refer between therapists when I was there, at least, like if somebody wanted something that I felt there was another therapist that would be better mm-hmm. I was happy to say go see them I know a couple of the therapists would refer to me um, because I had done kinesiology and I had done personal trainings so they would send clients to me who maybe needed somebody a little more like myself yeah and well and I still do that when I'm working on somebody you know Anthony does a manual lymph drainage too so it's like okay so I've done what I can here Try that and see if that's going to help you mm-hmm. more than what it is that I'm doing. Sometimes too, if you if you you get so used to something, you know, you can't see the forest through the trees. You 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 keep looking at it the same way. And I get treated by different therapists too because one person, I think, you know, they really were on it when I had this problem, or they were really they really addressed that mm-hmm. better for me. So I don't see the same person either. I bounce around through people. Sometimes it's based on, you know, who's available, but sometimes it's also based on what problem do I have? Who do I think is going to be able to solve that for me uh, most efficiently? You seem to uh, have your clinic well put together. Was there ever a time when you were starting out that you're like, I don't know if this is going to work or what did I just do here? Was there any moments of you feel like, fuck, I'm a nail for on my head? Oh, not when I was starting out. That happened to me about four or five years ago um, because I had, you know, therapists who had been there for a long time. And suddenly there was a mass exodus that just, you know, was the perfect storm. Uh, One retired, one moved back to India, one moved, you know, out of the neighborhood, um, you know, and and there was... uh, five full-time therapists that left within about a year and a half. Oh, wow. So suddenly I was left carrying all of the overhead, all of the expenses, yeah. all of that um, on a skeleton crew and trying to replace them. It literally took me three years to be able to find good quality therapists for the clinic yeah. because I won't I won't just hire anybody. If I, if I won't go to that person and pay, I can't send somebody to them. So at any moment in time in, in, that, in that moment of chaos, did you consider like, I'm done here? Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> What, what kept yep. you? What kept you? Uh, what kept you digging out of the hole then? Because I knew ultimately, I knew I could do it. I had some, unfortunately, had some uh, some health issues of my own through that, but found you know found a great naturopath who was able to help me and support me because it it, it was adrenal fatigue, mm-hmm. so it was just everything was just too much, and so this and that and everything else. But he helped me with that, and I did know at the end of the day, regardless of how frustrated I was and how tired and fatigued and everything else, I knew what I wanted was to build it back up again. Right. And if I didn't, I would just be pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it, it regardless of how bad things have been, I always know it can get better. I always, and I do know in my heart of hearts that I can fix it, I can change it, I can do stuff. I just 
I may not want to that day, but just get out of bed and get it done. Do you have um, sort of like a schedule? Like, do you do things in a certain way? Are your weeks planned out or do you just kind of do what needs to be done? Are you very regimented in the way that, you know, like, you know, you do your accounting stuff on this day, you do your errands, like, are you very scheduled? Okay, so the reason I became a massage therapist because I don't like rules. So there's, no, there's not much of a schedule. I mean, my my client schedule is because, of course, that's necessary. Um, but no, the, the rest of it is, you know, what day does it work out? I try as much as possible to give the jobs I don't like to somebody else. Um. <laughs> Fair you know, enough. I know how to do my bookkeeping and accounting. I used to do it, but I used to do it is the point. I don't want to do it anymore. So I have somebody who is my bookkeeper. Mm-hmm. Um, I have somebody who does the daily entries. The front desk does the easy entries. And then my bookkeeper is off-site, and, but it is online. So she works out of Coburg and takes care of all of that and just gives me, you know, here's here's your tax amounts, here's your this, here's your that. So the things I don't want to do, I tend to try and find somebody else who does want to do them, Mm -hmm. you know. It does suit their personality to do that job. Now, I, I kind of get done what needs to get done. And- I think that's smart. And I always promote that, you know, when you're running a business, you can't do everything. There's so many things that have to be done. And if you are not good at that part, or even if you just don't want to do that part, mm-hmm. hire a guy, fit it into your budget and hire a guy. Um, I know when I was there, you were starting to put emphasis on your social media but you just didn't have the time for it. So I know, you know, a few people had come in. You have somebody doing your social media now? Oh, geez, no. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I always think I do, and then I don't. Part of the thing is I myself am so busy that I really just don't have the time for it. Mm -hmm. Um, I have had people, you know, I've hired companies, and that was really a lot of wasted money. Um, I had one place that, you know, was supposed to be doing all of this great stuff. Their writing was so terrible. I remember, I remember sending you, I, I was actually scared to do it. I forwarded her, uh, I think, a screenshot of, like, content they had posted on Facebook, on mm-hmm. her Facebook page. It was bad. Oh, it was so bad. I was like, did you approve this? She's like, no, absolutely not. Yeah, no. What, well, my two my two favorite ones were that they were going to send out that were caught. And I don't, I don't know if it was even you that alerted me to them beforehand. Because, you know, you just think you hire somebody. They're going to do a good job. And one of their little posts that they had this list of the little short snippets they were going to send out, one of them was Happy Remembrance Day. I'm like, oh, my God, do you know what Remembrance Day is about? I'm not – like – how wrong is that? Or the other one, there was a pregnancy thing that they were writing and it said, um, you know, for some for some women, pregnancy is a joyous occasion. For some. Yes, for some women. Now, I believe their intent was to say that, you know, there's also aches and pains that come along with that. Mm. But how they wrote it is for some <laughs> women, it's a joyous occasion. I called them back. I said, I'm not the Morgan Charlie clinic. This is, you know, <laughs> this is wrong what you're saying. So anyhow, it then got to the point where I, they, I wouldn't let them send anything that I didn't read first. I didn't have time to read it. So they were sending out nothing and I was paying them yeah. to send out nothing. At least that was only on a six-month contract and I got out of that one. But mm-hmm. it's, um, it's, it's tough to find somebody who's going to not cost so much money that it's not worth it or has, you know, value to what they do. So, so you know, it's, it's always a thing and I'm working on something else new now. So, 
we'll see if that works out. If you were to give any advice to an RMT looking to open their own place, what maybe three pieces of advice would you say, you know what, this is something you need to you need to follow? Or don't do this. <laughs> well, let's, I was going to say, with, you know, it's far with, easier to just come and work in my clinic. <laughs> let's, let's, let's start, start with, with the positives. The yeah. And then what let's you start, should do. move to the don'ts. I don't know. Does this fall in the positive or not positive? You, you need to be able to introduce yourself to people and not, not expect that you're going to get paid for every minute you work. Do not expect work-life balance if you're yeah. going out on your own. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, it's, it's an effort to build it. There, there's, you know, gold at the end of the road, but it's, it's a, it's a road. It's an uphill road for a while. What would you say? Don't do this ever. <laughs> don't sit in your butt and expect everything to fall in your lap. <laughs> And if that's the if that's if that's what you want to do, then you do need to be working. Yeah, in, I think in, actually in that, another place. And and by all means, I mean that's that's not a bad life to. Yeah, to, I to mean do. we chuckled at it, but a lot of massage therapists might feel that hey, I've got the title, I've got the education, I've got the physical space. People like massage. I'm just going to open up shops sit here, and the the masses will come as soon as I open my doors. And we've had people on here who have kind of alluded to that saying like, you know, I just thought I was going to get busy. And it's a big slap in the face when you realize that doesn't just happen. Yep. And I know that one of the places I worked at before I met you, um, the clinic owner said she was tired of meeting therapists who expected to be handed a practice. Yeah. You know, that she wanted people to work for her that were that wanted to build on their own. And that's why I'd mm -hmm. asked you, are you looking for people who have that in them? Or if you see somebody that has potential, do you think you can you can teach that? Or are you looking for people who are already driven in, in the business sense? Um, well, in the business side of it, you know what? I can do a bit of both. I will reward somebody who puts their own efforts into their business. Because without being asked, I changed one of my... Um, therapist percentages because that person did a lot of their own marketing. You know, they they themselves promoted themselves. They didn't expect me to do it. Mm -hmm. And so I told I changed the percentage split because I thought, okay, you're not you're not making me do all the work. I will reward that behavior. That's a huge thing because I think a lot of RMTs that have never tried it on their own or RMTs that don't have independent contractors or someone working for them, if, for lack of a better way to say it, they don't understand why Why am I giving 40%, 30% to the clinic owner? I'm doing all the work. I'm like, you really don't know what goes on <laughs> behind the business and the costs that come with the things that bring you patients and clients in this nice room for right. you to do your work in. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and that's very true. A lot of people have no idea and particularly if you have front desk staff everybody's like oh I want to have front desk staff taking care of everything well okay but then your percentage or your rent has to go up a lot because yeah. the most expensive part of my clinic is my front desk person uh, next thing is rent you know and and of course all of those costs go up and then there's this and then there's that but the one that was a um, colossal kick in the pants the, a couple of months ago uh, was file folders. Because of the medical file folders that I use that have uh, prongs on both sides to be able to put reports and sort everything else out, we started looking at how many we were going through, how quickly we were ordering them. So I said, you know, order enough that's going to last us like I think, you know, I said for like five, five or six months, two thousand two hundred dollars 
It cost me for file folders. Wow. Right. My eyes just bulged out of I my I know. Head. I Well, so did mine. I almost fell off <laughs> my chair. I was like, oh, my God. So now, because we need to keep files for 10 years, you know, and sometimes people come once. So I said, okay, I can't keep paying all these, you know, the cost of these file folders. And I know some people do their online stuff and things like that. I, you know, privacy, security, all of that sort of thing. I tell you, my files are secure. No one's going to break into my office and pull out a file folder and read your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> But I've gone back and people who haven't been in the clinic in five years, who only came once, I've now taken them out of the file folders, put them in a box of storage Mm. and kept them for that. But now I'm recycling those files. And it's also given me a lot more file space. So, you know, just just the cost of file folders alone can toss you over the edge. Yeah, and there's a lot. I remember the first meeting I had with you at the clinic. um, It was you were actually still treating that night. So you hadn't closed up shop and a lot of the file cabinets behind the front desk were still open it reminded me of like a medical doctor's office or a dental like there was thousands of them I mean that right there made me like I want to work here look at all these patients <laughs> <laughs> yeah and we do take you know we do take out the 10 year old ones and shred them mm-hmm. but um you know, if if they haven't been in in 10 years. But I do have clients who I have been seeing for 23 years, which may sound like I'm a bad therapist because I can't get them fixed. But <laughs> <laughs> 23 years I've been working on that problem. No, it's, or they yeah. just love you and they want to still come and see you. Well, there's a difference in, in your patients too. Of Are they maintenance and health care or are they crisis management? And it's always a combination of, of both. And, you you know, people learn that massage isn't, you know, like getting a facial. It is part of your healthcare routine and living in a comfortable life as opposed to, you know, do you want to live pain-free or do you want to live pain, live pain tolerant? There's your choice, you know, and you're going to have people who are going to choose either one of those. Yeah, so I don't know if I answered your question about, you know, advising people about what they want or starting a clinic or whatever else. But Well, if I kind of threw that to you knowing that there's not really a, a real answer. But. Yeah. Well, the, I mean, the advice you gave... Gave, although it may have sounded like, duh, but it, Mark's right. There's people who probably don't know that one. You do have to get yourself well known in the neighborhood you're in and know how to reach those people. Like you said, depending on the neighborhood you're in, mm. you know, are you surrounded by blue collar people? Are you surrounded by young professionals? Are you surrounded by a lot of retired couples, young families? You know, know knowing yeah. your neighborhood and getting your your name out there is important. And like you said, not expecting that you can open up a clinic and people are just going to flood through your door. Right. That's right. never, ever, ever the case, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And, and, that, and that was the advantage with me is I started off literally renting one room within a chiropractic clinic. And then I had another therapist who worked on the days that I didn't use that room. And then when he left, then I opened another that had three rooms and then, you know, expanded from there. Um, it, it's a it's a big expense to open up, you know, right away and try and find the people and try and find the personnel and try and find the the clientele and everything else at the same time. You ever have to fire somebody? Yes. Do you find that difficult to do or you're just like, nah, something I got to do? Or does it always come to the point where if you have to fire them, you're you you're just fed up and done with them anyway, so this is a this is a sweet moment for you. Um <laughs> 
it's never enjoyable. However, it's again, it's one of those things that needs to be done. And sometimes I will procrastinate to the point where it's just such a relief when I've finally done it. I go, oh, thank God. Sometimes the difficulty is, is I, th- I think I'm so painfully obvious that I'm unhappy with the situation that I'm surprised the person didn't leave already. Right. <laughs> you know <laughs> You're like, pick up on my cues, goddamn it. Really? I know. <laughs> you know, and then when I say something, they look at me all puzzled. I'm like, really? This is a surprise to you? You thought this was going well. <laughs> right. Yeah, sometimes, you know, it's a difficult thing to do. Sometimes it, it's the same thing. People, people, if it's not working out, it's got to it's change. Do you plan on doing this, running your clinic, still practicing many, many years? Like, is this the last move you're going to make in terms of income or is there something more for you? I will continue to work as long as I can. I love my job. If I won the lottery, I'd actually work for free. I would choose different things. I would choose, you know, there's a lot of seniors and things like that, people who can't afford it, who really totally need it. Mm-hmm. I would probably do a lot more volunteer work, stuff like that, because I really do have fun. I can't tell you the number of times somebody's booked for an hour. I treat them for an hour and 20 minutes or an hour and Almost a half. Almost every patient. I can <laughs> tell you as I was her neighbor... <laughs> When I was working there and almost every person got extra care and attention from you and your patients became the most patient people in the world. They knew that if they showed up for their appointment on time, they were likely waiting 15, 20 minutes because you had to give somebody else a little extra time. Yeah, I, I've never learned that Rome wasn't built in a day. And it's like, oh, I just want I just want this. I just want to fix this one more thing. And then I look up and it. Yeah. So I'm trying to you know, dial that back a bit. But, you know, if they're the last client of the day, I don't have to watch the clock. That's one of the things that I totally love. After 23 years, I still like my job well enough. I do it for free a lot of the time. So there's no, there's no like plan that mm, when I'm, when I'm ready, I'm going to sell this bad boy and move on. Cause like we had someone on, when was it? A couple days ago. Yeah. You spoke about MJ. Yeah. MJ's and like MJ's her, master plan. Her master plan. Cause she's inching towards retirement is yeah. to open up the five other locations that she's been planning for. And once everything's opened and efficient and running, she's going to sell it. Cash out. Right. So maybe if I was a really smart business person and I was looking at the financial end of it, I would do that as well. But I actually enjoy what I do. And would you say you're more of a therapist than you are totally. than you are business? Totally. Yeah, I could run my business so much more efficiently and I could have, you know, have it running financially more so mm-hmm. if that was my direction. But I get caught up in the therapy side of the work that I do that the right. business side often lags behind. You're doing well enough I'm for yourself fine. obviously that you don't care that you might be leaving money on the table because you seem to be <laughs> Well, to be okay I with didn't it. for a couple of years, I was totally paying back into the business while I was trying to mm. replace people. Oh yeah, that that was a you know. It was probably sort of around the time I came in. You had a bunch of people leave right before, hence yeah. why you were interviewing people. Right. You had a yeah. bunch of people leave all at one time when I came in. But it seems that even since I've left, you're like you guys are busy. Yeah. You're like the first massage place that comes up when I Google like massage near me, like first page of Google. You guys are busy, busy, busy. Yeah. It's still bringing in more people each month of, of new new clients because I do track that. And where originally it was all word of mouth, now it's actually online. Mm-hmm. So that never used to be. I mean, 
you know, th- again, things change. Part of the reason why my company name has a B at the beginning is because higher up on a search, it used to be found in yellow, the yellow pages. pages, and yep. you were listed alphabetically. Now it doesn't matter. That's all the companies that were AAA this and everything else. So yes, I could be so much busier. Yes, I could run the business more business like. But you're comfortable. That's what matters. I'm working back to being comfortable. Mm. <laughs> you know what's good about this segment though is I think there's a lot of therapists who feel that they couldn't go out on their own because they are the therapist. They're not the business person. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you've got the drive for it, if you have, I mean, you have to obviously have somewhat have of to the, the know-how. Stomach for it. Yeah, but, <laughs> and the stomach for it. But, I mean, if you are somebody that's okay with, you know, rolling your sleeves and putting in the work and doing mm-hmm. all of that, you don't necessarily have to have a MBA to run a business. I will say one thing that in that career counseling course that I took, one of the things that they one of the testing they did was aptitude testing. And in aptitude testing, I score equally in all categories. That allows me to do every single job equally well. I may not like it, which is why they had said that in my career counseling course. They said, I am, I, my brain type is the most common to end up in the wrong career. You're a jack of all trades, I actually. Can, I can literally do each, each job equally well. I just may not enjoy it. So they said, so it was very important for me to pick a career that was based on my personality more than my abilities. Mm-hmm. And so they said, that's why, although it's the accounting and finance is the exact opposite of my personality, abilities-wise... I'm capable of doing it. Dealing with numbers and computers and machines is more the job of an introvert as opposed to an extrovert. I'm actually, personality-wise, supposed to be working with people. So so sometimes that's it too. You need to know what your strengths are. Well, looking from sort of the outside, but sort of the inside, since I did work there, I think that uh, something that made your clinic function very well, like you said, it was you a focus for you has been building a team, right? Everybody to play nice together. Right. Um, the meetings, our monthly meetings were... Uh, yes, we did the number stuff, how many new patients this month, where they came from, you know, the business stuff that right. that was taken care of, but really focused on um, education and all of us sort of discussing, you know, new things we had learned this month and, you know, just helping with building up. And I think that was really helpful, one, for morale, because we would all be forced to sit in the same room and talk and teach each other things. <laughs> a very, very tiny room, by the way. We were really on top of each other. And uh, you, I don't want to interrupt yeah. this because I don't want you to lose your thought. Did you guys not like the meetings? Because the way you just made it sound like we were forced to be sitting in... Well, forced to be sitting in the same room. Maybe that came out wrong, but I meant like... No, well, because, that's a genuine question. No, it I didn't. I will, I will further on that forced word when you, you finish yours. So I'll I'll, add on I, actually, I actually actually. <laughs> Never, I never disliked the meetings. I'm sure there were therapists that don't like to because, again, it's that mentality of like putting in work that you're not getting paid for. But I always saw the value in that. I actually never, it never bothered me that I had to, even if it was a day I wasn't working and I had to just come in for the meeting, never bothered me. Um, but I can imagine that there were some people that would be not too thrilled with it. But it always, um, it kind of, for me, made me want to learn things more. So you recently interviewed somebody who does tapping. I learned about tapping from Janice 
from one of the meetings that we did. I think that was Deborah. Well, I, I don't know yeah. who taught it, but somebody brought in like a video on tapping and mm-hmm. we all actually stood there in the teeny tiny room, which was way too hot and did tapping. <laughs> <laughs> we had the meetings in the waiting room, by the way. That's, That's right. why. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, why did you feel they were forced? Were you, did you get a lot of complaints about those meetings? Oh, totally in the beginning. Um, but the reason why I did it is because we're all behind closed doors. Yeah. I can be in the clinic all day long and not see another therapist who is also working because their times are not at the same time as me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if their appointments start a half hour off of the times mine are, you know, maybe we cross for three minutes. Mm-hmm. And there was starting to be a lot of rumors in the rumor mill. Mm-hmm. And one of the most ridiculous rumors that came up, and everybody was acting really weird. I'm like, what is going on? What the heck is happening? So one of the therapists came to me finally and said, so wh- when when are you going to tell us you're selling the practice? And I'm like, what? <laughs> well, when's somebody going to tell me I'm selling the practice? I didn't know about that. And she said, oh, yes, you know, so-and-so told us you were selling the practice. And I said, well, where'd they get that from? Well, that's why you bought a new table for the kitchen. <laughs> what? <laughs> I bought a table for the kitchen and that turned into I'm selling the practice. Yeah, you're making it nice so that you could sell the practice. I said, no, we needed a table. <laughs> you know? Well, thank God we had that table. Where were you guys eating before? <laughs> Exactly. That, you know, and I got the table because my sister had used it in some show space of a condo she was uh, selling and she had to get rid of the table. And I said, oh, I'll buy that from you. It'll work great in the clinic. And that was it. And yet it had turned and there was there was just this horrible vibe around the office that everybody was was on edge. I don't know what's going on. (laughs) So anyhow, it was like, okay, fine. That's it. We're having a meeting. And people were like, so I tried to pick a time when the most number of therapists were already working. So it Mm -hmm. wasn't inconveniencing people. It was over lunch-ish sort of thing. Tried to make it as convenient, but did make it mandatory and found that it really Excuse me, it worked. And and initially, it was just me talking. And I would ask people, is there anything you want to talk about? Anything you want to discuss? And there is no silence. So now, yes, forced each person to Mm -hmm. go around the circle, you know, something you're grateful for and something you learned. And I don't care what you're grateful for. You're grateful for the day is sunny. I'm grateful I didn't get hit by a car today. I don't care. Just something you're grateful for and something you learned. And again, preferably something that you've learned that you are now helping your colleagues with. Can you tell when your your staff is like, I roll. Yeah, I'm grateful for, you know, you know what I mean? Can you tell those moments when this is just, they think this is stupid. They think this is bullshit. They just don't want to be there. And when you sense those moments, if you can, what does that make you feel like? Um, well, that was the previous and not now group. Okay. Don't have that. And there's a lot more uh, camaraderie and, mm. and, and exchange and, what used to take a matter of minutes to go around the circle now is the majority of it. Oh, and wow. sometimes I don't have enough time to get the stuff out. So I start, you know, I just spit through the business part yeah. really quickly. So there's a group that really enjoys this, yeah. this coming together. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And it's starting to be, you know, there's more laughing, there's more communication. Right. And sometimes they're talking about more personal stuff too, which has been really great because you get to know a little bit about them. Seriously, I can, work with people for years and years and not really know what's going on in their life because I'm in my treatment room with the door closed. Their patients know more about them than I do or, Mm -hmm. you know, 
and likewise. So, so it is a time to be able to gather and have a little bit more communication. And since we're all in the room at the same time, is there anything that needs to be brought up? And people don't always feel comfortable with that. So I said, you know, if there's something you want me to discuss, you know, even if you don't see me, write it down a note, shove it in the meeting file. I will review it before the meeting. Sometimes I just throw it in there like it was my thought, because if they don't want their name brought up that they were the one that was complaining, I'm happy to take that on. Mm-hmm. Do the bloody laundry. Um, <laughs> so that's still a theme at the clinic. Actually, no, not, so mu- not so much. Actually, we have a new therapist who likes folding. And oh. so now all the sheets are folded because I've always said to people that, you know, it's a make, government make work project folding sheets. By the time you've gotten them folded, we're taking them out again. Yep. But she likes doing them. And now everybody else has taken that on. And now it actually is really nice that they've been, <laughs> they're being, you know, folded. So each person brings something else and, and a new thing to the clinic and so, yes. Anything else you want to wrap on? No, I mean, well, again, I worked there, so I have a pretty good idea of how the place ran. And it to me, it's funny that, you know, through doing this podcast, learning that you're not so much of the businessy person, you know, you're not the person with the foolproof plan and, you know, the long-term <laughs> financial plan. And, you know, you kind of... She almost spat out her water. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I mean, I kind of got that vibe from you when I worked with you, but I always assume now there's got to be like, you know, the type A personality under there somewhere. But I like that because, again, I think there's a lot of therapists who in their heart, they're therapists. You know, they right. want to be the person that works with people and helps the people, but yet they still still want to be able to go off and have their own successful business. And it is very possible. But yeah, I mean, you got to roll up your sleeves and work. I always knew that. And since leaving you and us being off on our own, I'm, I'm the most happy and the most tired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, and that, and that's it. It's, it's, again, it's, it's what, what, what drives you? What's what's your goal? What's your main purpose? Still, my favorite part is working with my clients, helping people who haven't, uh, you know, they couldn't do something. Now they can. You know that that's still really exciting for mm-hmm. me, and that and that really is my main goal. Well, that's how you've kept your your balance and your happiness. I mean, for anybody who lives in Toronto, you already know that you pretty much have to sell your firstborn child to own a home here. And I mean, you own a house in a really beautiful part of the city. You own your own clinic. You, I mean, you're not struggling. You're, you're secure. So (laughs) so you know why I worked 40 hours a week when I first started practicing is because I bought a house (laughs) (laughs) and I wanted to get it paid for. And, you know, that's kind of my, my upbringing through my, my, was you always pay your bills first you play when your bills are paid. And a mortgage to me was a bill that needed to be paid. So for the first 10 years, I hardly traveled. I did not vacation. I didn't do stuff. So people see my life now as going, oh, you've got it pretty easy. Well, yeah, there was 10 years of, you know, mm-hmm. I did a whole lot of nothing but work. But that's so, good for people to know because, yeah. yeah, since I've known you, you've always taken a couple of vacations a year. Yeah. Like, I mean, I... Every time I try to text you or call you, it's you call me back a week later. I was just in Costa Rica. I'm like, of course you were. I lo- <laughs> but I love it that now you're at the point in your career where you can take the right. vacations and do the things. And I know, you know, you often go to the theater and like you, you enjoy the money you're making now, which was um, my initial point is that you might not be a billionaire. Right. 
but no, not, not, you're comfortable not and you're I'm living and you're enjoying what you're doing. Right. And, and that's financially, that's always been, been my goal is to, I don't, I don't need a, you know, a ton of money to be happy. I don't have the newest of this. I don't have the biggest of that. I don't have the fanciest of those things. I'm, I am, you know, I'm comfortable. My biggest thing was to get my house paid for. And I did it in 11 years because I worked 40 hours a week. I didn't go places. I rent. I first thing I did is put a, a um, uh, an apartment in my basement. Um, had a tenant pay half my mortgage. Best thing about a tenant is when they leave, they can't take half your house. It's better than a spouse. Um, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen <laughs> she'll be here all week <laughs> so but i i've literally focused work 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 mm-hmm. for te- for literally for 10 years and then it was okay now now that that's that big chunk of stuff is done i can start to take a little more time for myself so you know it was it was a big chunk of my life to get to where i am now and be comfortable mm-hmm. ish <laughs> So, yes, you know, and then, of course, there was, you know, the big downturn in in business and having to, you know, go back into being the one, you know, covering all the expense and stuff like that. Because once you've got overhead, that's a constant. So if your income goes down, your overhead does not. We had someone on at one point, and I can't remember who said that they, they always have like people in their back pocket, like if a therapist quits, they have like so many therapists they know to try to get somebody in right away. Who was that? Oh my God, let me know who that is. Because yeah, like I'm always looking discussion. for good therapists. You know, I, I, I would want to meet that person. <laughs> I'm going to try to find that episode. I swear <laughs> we had this conversation. Anyway, this is a perfect time then if you want to let people know about where your clinic is or what it's called, if you have a website, and if there's any therapists who are looking for work, maybe they want to get in contact with you. Yes, I would. I would love that. So it's uh, Bellsmere Massage Therapy, oddly enough, at the corner of Bellamy and Ellesmere, um, in a medical building there. Um, and I am always looking for good quality therapists who are looking for a place to work who want to be part of a massage therapy team. And sometimes, too, if even if their practice is not massage, if it's something that can add to our clinic and bring in a new skill set, then that's wonderful, too. The more tools in the toolbox, the more, the more benefit the patient's clients have. Anything else you want to ask Janice while we have her here? No, I think I'm good. I think I, I, think I put you on the spot enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I didn't feel put on the spot other than just trying to, That's you know. the trick. You get you all comfortable and relaxed on the couch, and then we <laughs> we get into some light banter, and then I put you on the spot, and you don't even realize you're on the spot. So, <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for coming and hanging out on the couch on your only day off. Well, thank you. Right on. You guys have been listening to two massage therapists and a microphone. Peace. <laughs>